See this? This is my boomstick! got news for you, pal. You ain't leading but two things right now. Jack and shit. And Jack left town. Those are things. Yeah, All right. As, as if this movie needed notes, but oh, I guess yeah. it has them now. Yes. All right. Welcome to Slow Robot A Go-Go. Big show number 79. Uh, who are we? We are uh, a podcast dedicated to uh, forgotten, mistreated, discarded... Disheveled, ig- ignored, ignored, uh, yeah, hated, hated movies, despised from the movies. Fif- from the forties, fifties, sixties, seventies, eighties, sometimes nineties, and sometimes two thousands, sometimes two thousand tens. Have we done any two thousand tens? No, we haven't done any two thousand tens. I don't even know if we've done any two thousands. Yeah, I think we have the huh. Seagal movie. Oh yeah, did we do a Seagal movie? And Bird Maniac. Oh yeah, not bird mania. Bird-demic. That's a bird app. That's not <laughs> <by> the birds. <laughs> birdemic. Yes, birdemic. So who the hell are we? Well, my name's Mao. Okay, that's all I got. Uh, <laughs> you can find us on Slice, Stitcher, uh, iTunes, YouTube, anywhere you look, yeah. you'll find us. We were engraved on that thing they sent out to to search for other lives. You know the the record we were on there. Yeah, we're in, we're in the message in the bottle. The yeah. message in the bottle. We're, uh, we're under a rock. We're everywhere you go. Those little laser things going on in, in Laser Floyd. We're on one of them. We're ubiquitous. That's yes. another big word. We have a tattoo on some stripper's ass. <laughs> so look us up. Uh, yeah, we're there. And if you're on iTunes, why don't you go ahead and you know give us a nice five star review or at least review us a little bit. If we you give us a five-star review, we'll give you a five-star review. How yeah, about that? wow. Trade-off. Okay, so um, other than uh, Slow Robot Agogo, you can find me uh, on the uh, defunct Kimchi Agogo if you want to read about, about my exploits abroad. Um, that's all I got right now. Uh, you can make sure to look us up on... If you want to go to the hub of entertainment, uh, you know, you go to bunchofdorks.com. Now, there you're going to find three buttons of mystery. One is a uh, bunch of dorks. That is a show I did for many years, now defunct, uh, about 230, I think I said 34 last year. It's like 231 shows. Um, I just make up a number every week, year, every, uh, week but it's something 230s. I don't know. Who cares? Uh, so you can listen to that, and if you want to listen to me being drunk and angry all the time, uh, there's one called... Uh, Slow Robot A Go-Go, which is this one. And then there's one other one who my cohort will talk about. My brother-in-arms, my... <laughs> left-hand man. Your left-hand man, you, you know, my... my, uh, my your, you know... Kimosabi. I don't know. I was yeah. trying to think of what's that the villain term, like the... Uh, like the villain you, term? Like if you're saying like like two people doing bad things. Oh, um, I don't know, but I'll think about yeah, it later. Okay. Yeah. Anyway, who are you? My henchmen. Henchmen, yes. Yeah. Well, no, no, we're we're equal partners in cri- partners in crime. Partners so in crime. That's the All thing right. I was thinking of. Yeah, our vocabulary is not happening. Okay, I'm stuttering Mao today. Uh, not and you're to be cracking c- open a Coca-Cola. Oh, yes, it's not a beer. It's not it's a beer, not yet, anyway. <laughs> Wait till the show progresses. Right. <laughs> Wait till we talk about this movie. And we'll Two in the beers. afternoon on a Sunday. If I'm cracking open a beer, I have some problems I need to talk about and not on air. I um, am. I am. Iron Man. Uh, no, I am Dr. Morbius. <laughs> From, From parts, parts unknown. unknown. <laughs> uh, hey, you know, there's a, speaking of I am Iron Man, there's a new Black Sabbath record out. Yeah, I know. Without the drummer. I actually heard the song from it. It wasn't bad. Believe it or mm, not, I saw a video I, for it. I was scared. No, it's bit. not really bad. I mean, I haven't heard the whole record, so. Yeah, is Ozzy back with him? Oh yeah, but no Bill Ward, no drummer. They got a different drummer. Yeah. He didn't want to. He wanted more cash than they were offering. <laughs> wow, so. you'd think after 90 years of touring, you know, cash wouldn't be a problem. Well, I got a feeling that Ozzy's getting like half the money, and the rest of them are divvying up the rest. And <laughs> and drummer Bill Ward, who's a really good drummer, said, "No, I don't think so." They were like, oh, "Here's four bucks," and he's like, "Yeah, no, I need six bucks." Yeah, exactly. And a, and a soda, and they were like, "Hit the road." Yeah. 
Yep. I don't think that's how it went at all. No, but uh, I'm sure that that's like big money at that point. Like, oh, you know what I mean, God, like like yeah. the percentages and like you know, I don't know. Apparently, like uh, Ozzy's wife Sharon, she's rules with an iron hand, and uh, oh yeah. Yeah. yeah, I wouldn't doubt it. Causes some friction between band members. No, she was the daughter of that big record mogul, Don like, Arden. Yeah, yeah. So she, it's in her blood to be kind of like vicious. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, yeah, yeah, I, yeah, I yeah. doubt that she's like you know sweet and pleasant to deal with. Like people don't go, oh yay. I have a meeting with Sharon Osbourne today. They're probably like, "Oh shit, here we go." Anyway, so what 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 do you do? What are some of your online concerns? My online concerns are two dimension podcast, comic book podcast, with no direction, where we review comic books and comic book related movies and et cetera. That and might, that's the mystery button on. Uh, yeah, that is the that's third the third button, third right? button of of joy and entertainment on the bunch of dorks. Yeah, enjoy is the operative word for you know, yeah. that show. Anyway, I enjoy it actually. And uh, the second one is the Destination Nightmare, uh, where it's mostly a uh, you know uh, comic books and reviews and stuff like that. But we got a couple of podcasts in the can, as they say, and the third one coming up. So, nice. Uh, who's, now, who do you do those with? Uh, the first two were with Brian L. Yetter, my friend, who's a writer who did uh. the. Um, Joe the Namath. cinema of the Philippines and the Joe Namath book, Joe Namath Game mm. by Game. Yeah, it all ties together. We're doing a Philippine movie today. Yes, it is. Without Joe Namath, though. Yeah, I don't think they could have afforded him. No. And then uh, the they third episode. now, but... They yeah, now they could, yeah. <laughs> and the third episode will be with King Don. Nice. So, there you go. What do, what do you guys talk about on that one? The Drive-In. The oh, Drive-In yeah, Experience. You about that. The That's Drive-In uh, Theaters. Cool, yeah. Shenanigans at the Drive-In. <laughs> Nice. All right. So we're going to go into what we watched this week. Um, should, we do a, should we do a trailer break or uh, just go right into it? No, go into okay. it. Okay. All right, I'll do mine. Since I have the paper in hand, I have to write this stuff down. Now, it was turning out to be a pretty crappy week. I hadn't watched a movie until, like, believe it or not, yesterday. No, no, no. Yeah, that like sucks. And that's, and that's like my... If I, don't have, if I don't take time, set time aside to watch movies, you know, during the week and stuff... It's really just a bad week. I, you know, I don't know. I don't know how to ex- describe it. So I finally got to JV JCVD, which is um, uh, I'm watching the Jean Claude Van Dammathon, where I'm watching every one of his movies in chronological order. I've gotten to I think there's only about ten left, and I hit the first one, believe it or not, that had a fresh rating on Tomato Meters. Huh. And this is like 2008 or 2009. Wow. Like so, yeah. He, he's not, nothing he's, he's ever done has scored well. What does that uh, mean by a fresh? Um, <coughs> there's a there's this website that came to be the the all being and all knowing um, called Rotten Tomatoes. Mm, yeah. And Rotten Tomatoes is, um, I don't know. I was there in the beginning when it was just a website, and then for some reason it just got gained industry standards. I think uh some I think some big company bought it. Ah. Uh, and it just they took it over. Like that's the one that people quote. You know what I mean? Like uh, it's like IMDb, where that's the hub of all knowledge for movies, and then and then Rotten Tomatoes is like the the gatekeeper for if something's good or bad. As we are the hub of all entertainment on the internet. <laughs> exactly, it's all circular, man. Yeah. Um. So Jean Claude Van Damme um played in this. I was looking forward to getting to this one. Um, it's called JV JCVD, and it's a very interesting. He he does this monologue in the middle of it. Where you can tell he's speaking very honestly and very from the heart, and um, it's it's good. Uh, it's, it really was. I don't want to say a documentary. T- no, it's a movie. It's almost like a comedy, but there's a there's a great many parallels to his life, his struggles, his um things he's had problems with, you know. Mm. Uh, and he even talks about drugs and and his divorces from his many wives and stuff, but. Uh, I don't know, he's, uh, for some reason, of all the guys, you know, there's a few that I kind of view as being, they're probably genuinely good people, you know, like Tom Hanks and uh, Kurt Russell seems like, they're not like full of themselves, do you know what I mean? They're kind of like very, they seem very honest and approachable. I could be totally wrong and maybe they just have the best PR people in the world, mm-hmm. which is possible. But John claude Van Damme seemed like one of those guys who was totally not full of himself. I mean, I'm sure at some points, you know, a star is a star. You know, you travel the world and you get everything handed to you. Eventually, you start 
smelling like shit, you know, but, but I don't, he honestly always seemed very genuine to me and he came across that way in some of his monologue material and, uh, just very interesting. It was a good movie, really good movie. Uh, then I watched Alien vs. Predator on Blu-ray. Mm. There, for some reason, I can't get enough Aliens, Predators, or Alien vs. Predators. <laughs> I know half of them are terrible, and I don't care. I just keep watching them. Like, they're just... They, I don't know why. They don't bother me. Like, people, like, hate them and pick them apart. No shit. Like, like, like oh, that's so unrealistic. I'm like, oh, what part of Aliens fighting Predators... You know where did you where did you stop suspending your disbelief to make this a watchable movie? You know, but whatever. Uh, then I watched Reservoir Dogs, and mm-hmm. I was reminded why I like Tarantino, even though I hate Tarantino. It's a love hate thing, and I can't even dis- explain it. Uh, then I watched two different. There's this Nova series. There's a couple Nova documentary series that made it onto Netflix. Uh, one's like Ice Age. One's whatever. Who cares? There's like a ton of them. And one of them was Chronicling Prohibition. So I watched the first two installments of that. They're an hour and 50 minutes each, so it's a mini-movie. And there's like six or eight of them, you know. And uh, very enlightening. Um, Weird. Prohibition was weird. Uh, In what sense? I don't know. Like, just... Just as... How it started, and the, the woman... Like, like, just like a couple. I, I don't even know how to describe it. Like, there's just like, it's it, it it seems to me that without if there wasn't women's movements, um, not 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 being misogynistic, if there wasn't women in religion, we'd probably be in deep space by now. Like, <laughs> like, 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 like those oh, are, those wow. are the things that kind of like stop. Oh, I'm trying to think of that lady's name. I know who you're talking about too. I get her name right. Like Well, Well, Wellenham, or Well. Yeah, something like that. I don't know. But, but was she the one who started prohibition? Well, she didn't start it, but there was these groups that were, like, they they'd go and pray in front of like saloons, and then they'd like march and you know, and they and they would like break in and destroy people's liquor. And I'm like, well, now they'd be a terrorist group and the government would shoot them. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Like, if you go in and, like, torch a warehouse full of whiskey, you're oh, going to yeah, get yeah, shot. Yeah. Like, they're gonna, you're going to get shot or, or considered a terrorist. So I'm like, okay. And, I, and also, I thought that... Whatever. Doesn't anyway, matter. Anyway. That's... So they then, then what they would do is they would go in these small towns and they would buy... They would pretty much say, like, if you don't support prohibition or being a dry country well then we're not going to elect you so politicians fell into place and then they had to hurry up and get it passed because after the 1920 after 1920 when it when it actually passed a lot more power was going to go to cities like something in our government changed that representation like from cities was much stronger than small towns. You know how it is now. Yeah, yeah. Well, I guess before it wasn't like that. Yeah. So they hurried it along and pushed it through because they knew once cities were involved, they were like, whatever. You know what I mean? Like, okay, you know. And then and, and then I, they also one of the other things that was really interesting was they were um they were talking about this like one stretch of city block in in uh in New York and it was like 500 they 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 took 500 like industries in a row buildings in a row and it was like it was like whorehouse saloon saloon uh coke house coke house whorehouse coke house because i guess coke was like legal for a while cocaine yeah cocaine and i was like man we live in a shitty time like if all that was just (laughs) legal you know you're like i'm gonna go down you know you do some coke and, and just drink some saloons you know and everything now you can't do that. Well, you know, in the early 60s, uh, LSD was legal. Yeah, they didn't know what the hell it was even. And, but, you know, it's probably not legal for a good reason, but it was legal for a while. Yeah, I And don't they know. were doing experiments. I remember reading once that what, one of the people that did an early, ex- early experiment with LSD was Steve Allen, the uh, ho- TV host comedian or oh, whatever. Oh, yeah, probably. Yeah, yeah but it was, a, it was a medical clinical experiment. Well, they, didn't they, like, make it up? Didn't they um, find it by accident? I don't know how they. Yeah, I, th- I, I think I think LSD was actually discovered by accident, but oh, and they're like, hey, wow, this is all right. 
Yay, lysergic acid. No, uh, not really. Acid. Yeah, I don't no, know. Some of my favorite musicians have gone by the wayside because of it. We'll be yeah. talking about one yes, of them later, yeah. too. And then finally, enough of that uh, prohibition speak. And then finally, we have the one and only, <laughs> I'm halfway through, Blackenstein. God. Not to be confused with Frankenstein. It's a little different. Or Blackula. Or Blackula. This is Blackenstein. All right. 1973 classic. Classic. <laughs> in the biggest air quotes that have you ever... Use, you use that term loosely, don't you? <laughs> the biggest air quotes in the history of the world. Classic, yeah. The classic 1973 Blackenstein. Blackenstein. Yes. Not to be confused with. I always spell Stein wrong in Frankenstein and Blackenstein. I do. The E goes before the I. I, I always know. put the I before. You know, the and e. I even went to somebody with, uh, whose name was Kreenstein, and I think I always spelled that wrong too. You know that there's people. Well, I don't know if there's any here, but I remember when I was a kid and I was gonna prank call people. Not that anybody out there should do that. Don't try that at home, well, especially not, nowadays. Uh, pranking now is terrible. Like you can't do it on the phone. You, know, you got to get one of those burner phones that you get <laughs> at the Seven Eleven. That's a real us. commitment to crypto yeah, prank that, calling. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like yeah. that's a yeah. way more commitment than we ever had. Like, <laughs> yeah. Anyway, there was people in the phone book back then that had the name Frankenstein. Of course, we called them. There was people in the phone that had the name Wolfman. And we call them too, of course, you know. What do you mean, Wolfman? There's there's people that have the last name of Wolfman. There's a comic book writer whose name is Marv Wolfman. So we, and <laughs> if you look in the phone book, I don't know if there's one here, but there are people were in Miami back then in the 70s that were had the last name of Frankenstein, and some people had the last name of Wolfman. Swear it to God. Wow. We called them. I wonder if that guy's name was like Frank Neil Stein. I don't know. Like, if your last name was Stein, I would totally name my kid Frank. Yeah. And then something with N, like... Yeah. <laughs> Franklin Neil Stein. So yeah, it'd be like, yeah, yeah, Frankenstein. Yeah, yeah, do that. <laughs> eh, that won't that won't come back to haunt you. No, not at all. It's I, cool. Everybody will accept that. Yeah. yeah, there will be no problems with that. <laughs> I remember um, when we used to prank call, because we did all the time, um, like, pop, like, our number was uh, 767, so that was popcorn. Ah. Like, that was pop... So you always held popcorn and said something dumb. And oh, okay. And of course, Jenny, the A six seven five three. Oh yeah, the Tommy two tone. Yep, I used to call that all the time. Oh uh, yeah, there, you remember? Here you go. Here's a blast from the past. I don't know if you had one where you lived, but where we lived, we had. There was a phone number that you called to get the time. Remember those days? Uh-huh. No, you don't, <laughs> no, do you? Wait, no, wait. I remember of it. There was a phone <laughs> back then when everything wasn't digital all over the place. You know, you, you didn't have a wristwatch. Well, you needed to get movie time or something where you could go, hey, what time is it? I don't know. We'll call up. And it was like, blah, blah, blah. I forgot what number it was, but you call up and they go, why sock it in the bank? Or why bank it in your sock? Sock it in the bank at Central Banks, the Yes Banks, time 212 or something along those lines. Wow, that's I cool. I swear to God, yeah. And I think the number still works. I don't remember what it was, but I think it still works. Oh, we should call that. Yeah. Anyway. My my two yes. movies. Oh, two movies. That's all, man. That's all. Uh, well, well, actually, one of them, pretty much, is a pretty um, <coughs> messed up movie. It's called Super. It's basically the story of a guy who, um, a real nerd guy, I should say, who marries this hot wife, and uh, as it turns out, she ends up being friends with some um, druggies and stuff, and they basically hijack her but she, you know willingly she hung she takes off and leaves him for like a a drug dealer and a bunch of ne'er-do-wells as they say so like dude's all like you know freaked out about it and you know he decides that he needs to get her back so he becomes a superhero with no superpowers and as 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 kind of fun as that sounds like it's a pretty damn rough movie <laughs> i mean there's a lot of mayhem in this thing you know and it's some there's some weird dream sequences. This one isn't for the kiddies. Yeah, see, I have that in my in my Netflix, and I didn't uh, I didn't watch it yet. Yeah, yeah, it's got lip. It's like co- very. It has that red cover uh-huh. with the guys holding that weird plumbing. Yeah, thing. yeah, yeah. It's got some cool stuff in it. Like the guy makes his own suit and calls himself the Crimson uh, Bolt or something like that. But basically, his weapon against crime is like a like a big old nasty wrench or whatever. So he runs around fighting crimes by like. Pounding people in the head. Uh oh, are we getting a crank call? At the tone, 18 hours, 15 minutes, coordinated universal time. It's giving you like army time. (laughs) 
Uh, enough of that. All right. So that was the N I S T telephone time of the day service. I don't think that's what you were talking about, Will. No, it? no, no. This was a lot uh, friendlier than that. I, li- <laughs> I looked up the uh, voice time. What number do you call to hear the time? Hold on. All right, go with your next one. I wanna, I wanna know. Well, I mean, are we gonna leave all this feedback? In? <laughs> yeah, I guess so. Right, I'm gonna try one more. I found a different number. Hold on. Uh, uh, okay. <laughs> Sorry, you took me on this weird path. Now I'm like, well, now I gotta find. Well, this. no, I'm, I'm just gonna stop now because I want to talk about these movies. I don't want to huh. like. <laughs> okay. Sorry. Uh, here's the here's. I think this is the right one. That sounds right. The number you dialed is not in service. No. <laughs> <laughs> so much for that. All right. I'm sorry. I'm done. I, I I had to try and find that number, but it's gone. Okay. Uh, I forgot where I was. <laughs> okay, you told us about the super. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, basically, like, um, he turns into a superhero, and he doesn't have any superpowers. So all he has at first is like a. Uh, a wrench that so goes around like whenever there's a crime going around, he just clubs people over the head and like then <laughs> like knocks them out and you know fights crime or whatever. And as it turns out, he tries to get involved with the gangsters who got his wife and they shoot him. And he meets up with this like girl who works at the comic shop and she's like flips out for him. And he decides to become his sidekick and then they go out and fight crime. And you know and you know nothing good's gonna happen from that. So nice. it, it becomes. It's got a pretty nasty ending. Let me put it that way. Oh wow! Yeah, cool. like I mean, violent as all get out. So <laughs> okay. Uh, but then the very ending is kind of like weirdly depressing, happy. <laughs> I don't know, man. You know, like I said, I just watched it. It it is what it is. Super. Okay. Great. Um, the next thing I watched was a documentary on one of my favorite guitar player, Peter Green. He was um he was a British guitar player from the 60s, around the same time as Clapton. And uh, he took over for Clapton on the Blues Breakers, John Mayo, after Clapton left to uh, go to the Cream. And I think basic, I think he pretty much is my favorite blues guitar player from that era, more so than Clapton was. I think he captured a feel that was more akin to the blues than Clapton did. I think Clapton might have been technically faster and more accomplished, yeah, but not, not much. I mean, he's like one of the top guys, isn't he? Clapton, Clapton yeah. was. Yeah, uh. I mean, since the 70s, I can't say that I've liked his work that much since the early 70s. Ah. But uh, Peter Green basically did a, did work for he joined he was the guy who who created Fleetwood Mac in 1966. Oh, okay. yeah. But before they became Rhiannon and all that stuff, they were a blues rock band and they were actually very popular. And from experimentations with uh, <laughs> chemicals, it kind of at first turned the band into something more than blues you know they started doing instrumentals and started experimenting but um they they went once to a, a england to play a gig and i guess they were partying with the wrong people and once again dude took the bad acid and he was never the same after that he just kind of got paranoid and schizo weird and still alive though Should pair him up with sid, sid barrett no he actually he actually was not not as much of a brain Damaged guys, Barrett is. He's he still put out records in the oh, '90s okay. and the 2000s. I think he's retired now. I mean, he's he's functioning. He talks and stuff like that. But you can see he's not 100% there, and he's nah. he's pretty much given it up. But he was pretty great in the late '60s, and it's a real shame that you know what happened happened. Yeah. Dang. All right. Okay, we're gonna go to a quick music break or a quick uh, trailer break, and then when we come back, we're going to go over our top 10 list for the week. Now here's something we hope you'll really like. Gee, maybe it's too soon to talk about the summer of 72. That time when Paul and Valerie fell in love at first sight and went right out looking for a place to have an affair. And kept looking until they found the house that vanished. From the company that reminds you. It's only a movie. Only a movie. Only a movie. Unlike the house that vanished, you have found Slow Robota Go Go. <laughs> dot WordPress.com forward slash show 79. The house that vanished. <laughs> forward slash like us on Facebook. Okay. Forward slash, <laughs> forward slash next topic. Twitter that we never 
ever do. Okay, so what we got a top we got an exciting top ten list that has nothing to do with our movie this week. Well, what's our top no. ten list? Our top ten guitarists. Nice. All right. Guitar players. You go first. What do you got? Who do you oh, got? I have twenty. <laughs> Holy shit! <laughs> I think you need ten of those to vanish, like that house. <laughs> no, I'll, okay. Just I'll go. I'll go really quick. Take your time. We're all right. There, this, that movie we're talking about ain't, ain't all that in a bag of potato chips. Uh, it's 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 a bag of Fritos maybe or something, you know, and uh, a bag of uh, what's those plantains? Fried? Pork rinds. No, fried <laughs> plantains. Fried, fried, fried oh, plantains. Oh yeah, pl- plantain chips. I love those, man. Of course you know that. <laughs> yes. Being from the land of pl- plantains. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, <laughs> moving on. <laughs> Favorite guitar players. All right. Well, the obviously Jimmy Page, Mr. Led Zeppelin, wrote all the classic songs of the '70s. Yeah, he's on my list. Uh, his uh, <laughs> one of his one of his bandmates in the Yardbirds, Jeff Beck, pioneering guitar player. Yeah, real good. Guy. Amazing. Does everything well and innovative. Almost like almost like a Hendrix, but. Uh, Maybe different, but different, but yeah. I think equally. Uh-huh. Okay, the guy I talked about, Peter Green, my favorite British blues guitar player of the '60s. Great stuff on the early, uh, on the early uh, Fleetwood Mac albums. Uh, a guy that really doesn't isn't, isn't technically a great guitar player, but his guitar playing always fits his song, and he's very emotional and loud and distorted. Neil Young, yeah. love his guitar playing on his songs. And the <laughs> Not so much about his singing though. Yeah, I still like his singing. Do you? But yeah, it's, uh. it's rough. It fits. It fits the guitar <laughs> play. It sure is rough. This is a guy mm. whose wor- who's guitar playing I come to like more every year just because his guitar f- actually works into the song. David Gilmour, Pink Floyd. I mm-hmm. think probably. He's on my list. Yeah, definitely. Man, he, he, the way he makes his song that his, that guitar like wail. Emotional. Yeah. I mean, yeah. oh my God, he he typifies like feeling music yes you yes, know what i mean exactly. like oh when you listen to some of that earlier floyd stuff you're like oh my god i mean you know comfortably numb you know when that guitar now, d- break comes in does um roger waters play guitar bass bass okay bass that's what i thought I, bass. I, I i couldn't remember if he was the second guitarist or no. if he was the bass player All he right. does play guitar but uh he mainly i remember mostly, seeing him playing one mostly bass but, yeah. yeah with gilmore in the band he takes over what's the point <laughs> yeah <laughs> all right cool and and funny gilmore was a replacement you know, for Sid Barrett. So there you go. Yeah. Um, one of my favorites, favorite prog rock guy, Steve Hackett from the uh, early Genesis. Another one of those guitar players that just fit. You know, his guitar, his guitar solo on Firth of Fifth is part of the song. I mean, it's a mm-hmm. great solo, but it's part of the song. It's just, it's the break in the song. It's beautiful. <clears throat> the guy who invented heavy metal guitar, believe it or not, from the Kinks, Dave Davies. On a, you really got me. I mean, what he did to that microphone, that amplifier, tearing it up and getting that sound, that was the that was early distortion greatness. And yeah. of course, he played on all those great songs. Another guy who I don't think is a great, maybe not a great technical guitar player, but just for all the great songs he played on, and he was always had a perfect guitar solo. It would be George Harrison of the Beatles, um, Keith Richards of the Stones, another not great technical guitar player. But the king of all riffs, you yeah. know. I mean, he wrote all those riffs. Yeah, who is that? Keith Richards. Oh yeah, Stones, yeah. Yeah, I wrote and borrowed, I should say. But yeah, <laughs> yeah whatever, you know. Uh, Scotty Morg, uh, Elvis's original guitar player, you know, invented that rockabilly sound or was one of the inventors of all that great '50s stuff. Uh, Chuck Berry, no Keith Richards without Chuck Berry, so you got to have him in there. Yeah. Jimi Hendrix, of course, the king. Yeah. Uh, Robert Johnson, the blues, the original one, not the original, but one of the early blues guys. I mean, all his licks are ripped off by a lot of guitar players. I mean, or I should say, homages. not ripped off, but homages. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Buddy Guy, a more of a modern '70s, '60s uh, blues guy, but amazing yeah. guitar player. So, are you really? Do you really like blues a lot? I love the blues. Yeah, yeah. You got BB. the blues so bad. BB, uh-huh. yeah, of course, BB King. Yeah. Uh, my other favorite. Uh, Prog rock guitar player Robert Fripp, emotional, intellectual, intense. Nice. I think I'm taking stuff. a trip up to Nashville or Memphis later this year. Oh, awesome! No, man. not Memphis, Nashville. Nashville, Tennessee. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll come home with some of the some of the blues. Some of the good, <laughs> yeah. And a, and a thinner wallet. Yeah, go to the crossroads and uh, never uh, mind. make a deal with the devil. I'll be no, like, no, if no, you no, make no. our podcast great. Well, that, that's oh. the story of Robert Johnson, anyway. <laughs> Supposedly yeah. he couldn't play that well until he got there and he did that. Anyway. Sure, right. Uh, Steve Howe from Yes, amazing, amazing guitar uh-huh. player. 
Cliff Gallup, which was um, Gene Vincent's guitar player, amazing. Again, rockabilly. Dick Dale, surf, of course. Oh, and, yeah. And a guy who's, I was just listening to his record in here, he's kind of like, a, he brought back the old country rockabilly sound, but he just, jazz, he just you know, amped it up. Uh, Dave Edmonds from, uh, he was in Rock Pile. He also did the, recovered the song, I uh, Hear You Knocking, an amazing guitar player. Huh. Dave Edmonds. Anyway, oh. that's my list. All right. I'm going to do my honorable mentions because I have four honorable mentions. Um, Randy Rhodes, yeah. uh, when he played with uh, Ozzy, but man, he was, wow. Uh, just just a really good, like really good, solid rock play, uh, rock uh, metal player. Uh, Link Ray. Oh, yeah, the rumble. Yeah. he. Everything I hear from him, I'm like, damn. Yeah, Neil Young borrowed his guitar style. <laughs> very, very simplistic, but oh. so cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like just soaked and cool. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, John Fashante from the Red, Red Hot Peppers. Chili Peppers. Yeah. yeah. Um, I think he's kind of an underrated guitarist. He, he's 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 pretty good. Um, but with the front man and Flea jumping around with socks yeah. on their dicks, you know, it's kind of hard yeah. to show off. And then uh, Gary Moore. Oh, the late great Gary yeah, Moore. Yeah, uh, those are my honorable mentions. Yeah, hey, so. Gary Moore was great, man. I was just watching a uh, uh, behind the music about Thin Lizzy. Yeah. So now I have this. This top ten is kind of all over the place, so I don't really have it ranked. I usually like to rank mine from lowest to highest. I'm just gonna go with it. Um, David Gilmore, who's you know we shared that one. Eddie Van Halen. Mm-hmm. Um, boy, eighties. Uh, like wuss metal or or like wuss rock. Yeah, he, yeah. Man, he was all over the place. He was really good. Not that Van Halen was wuss rock, but kind no, of prep. They were. I mean, he, they weren't hard edge. They were kind of like melodic. The, people liked them. Like they could play them on the radio because they didn't like you know scare ch- women he, and children. He, he. I won't say he invented that style because I've seen other guitar players do the neck. Oh yeah, the but oh my thing, god! Did, but he perfected holy it. Holy crap! He was really good. Um, and Tony Iommi. Yeah, Black Sabbath. Black yeah. Sabbath, man. I, I really have always loved Black Sabbath. From That was the first 8-track I bought. Right. was uh, Master of Reality, and I've never not listened to them. I've never not had them in my life. You and know? it's very possible that he ha- if he hadn't cut the tips of his fingers off in, a, in an accident, he wouldn't <laughs> have even developed that sound, believe it or not. Shh. Happy accident, <laughs> as they say. Now, here's one that no one else would ever put on their list of top million, probably. But I like him. Angus Young. Angus Young has he's <laughs> another riff guy. And he just he doesn't know shit about music. He no, just he knows what sounds riffs. good and that's yeah. man, I love him. Yeah. He's so just basic power, you know, basic power. Basic power. Uh yeah. Chuck Perry. Chuck, uh, Chuck oh, Berry. Yeah. Chuck Berry, um Jimmy Page. Uh now here's one uh Takashi Teruchi, Japanese surf um, oh, okay. They they he did the Takeshi and the and the bunny, bunny <laughs> okay. man something like that. It was it that's not the name. Well, of there it. was Echo and the bunny. Yeah, man. I'm thinking of Echo <laughs> and the bunny man, but no, it was something just like that. But he played. I have a couple of his vinyl records out there. He's really good, really really good. Like he sounds like if Dick Dale had a bit more classical influence. Okay. But just as fast, just as good. Like really solid. Um, Jack White. Yeah. Of course. Um, Jimi Hendrix, of course. Uh, Ronnie Fujiyami from the Five Six Seven Eights. That's a, you know, she's not a good guitarist, but I have to have her on my list. And then finally, my of course my top number one is Dick Dale, because uh, I'm a big surf fan. I love surf music. So do you surf? No. Okay. I I wish. <laughs> They'd be like, <laughs> you know, who's that fat guy out there on the waves? You got to get him out of there before somebody. You know, you know Brian Wilson didn't surf either, <laughs> and he was like. He wrote the surfing songs. He didn't surf. His brother was the one who surfed. Oh, Dennis yeah? Wilson, yeah. I like those old... Every now and then, I, uh, I'll pull up one of those old pictures where they showed like a guy surfing with an amp and a, j- and a Fender Jag, on, and yeah. they're surfing for real. But, of course, they're just prop stuff. Like yeah. That amp and guitar never worked again after that photo shoot, but it's really funny seeing that because yeah. they're wearing those old board shorts that they wore, you know. Very cool. I remember. Surf music... I didn't like surf music growing up. I didn't dislike it. I just it just wasn't my thing, you know. The old as I aged, I got to appreciate it a little bit more, a little bit more, and then and now it's it's just like one of those kind of um, fun music to listen to. Well, the thing know? is, if you if you distort surf music to the max, you kind of get a little heavy metal too. Uh-huh. 
Right. There's a lot of influences that kind of bleed into each other. Yeah. All right. Excuse me. We're going to take a quick trailer break, and then when we come back, we're going to finally get to our movie. Our explosive movie. Yes. It's a real firecracker, as it were. (laughs) 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 Terrible. Ladies and gentlemen, this picture, truly one of the most unusual ever filmed, contains scenes which, under no circumstances, should be viewed by anyone with a heart condition or anyone who is easily upset. We urgently recommend that if you are such a person or the parent of a young or impressionable child now in attendance, that you and the child leave the auditorium. <laughs> okay, you've been warned. Yep. So, yep. Yeah. If you've got a heart condition or impressionable children, um, get out of here. <laughs> yeah, so, okay, so right now, don't listen to any more of the show. Because the echo it's in the... It's going to bu- get gritty and nasty. Uh, yeah, look out, all you out there in listener land. Echo in the bunny, man. Instead of echo in the bunny, man, which is what I've, my brain was morphing into... It was Terry and the Bunnies, or, uh, okay. or Terucci and the Bunnies. I had oh, okay. I had to look it up because I knew. And then he did one of the blue or the jeans, Terry and the jeans, or something like that. It was, <laughs> ah, whatever. There was a comic strip called <laughs> Terry and the Pirates. Maybe that'll be his next one. <laughs> Pirate jeans. Pirate yeah. bunnies. Pirate bunnies. That's what you should draw, man. You should do a new a new comic called like the the pirate bunnies. Yeah, you mean like the Ninja Turtles? And just have like yeah, and just have like bunnies that were like that are like evil and really mean and have like yeah, like pirates of the patches Caribbean and shit. And then they like go around and like rob people and stuff. Like Captain Jack Thumper. Or something yeah, like you could that. do it, man. Yeah, I could do it, man. <laughs> dude, well, you should do it, bro. Do it, dude. <laughs> okay, we have twenty four minutes to talk about this. Firecracker of a movie. Oh so, yeah. What what New World? What is it? New World Cinema. New World Pictures. New World Pictures. Roger that's right. Corman. I'm pretty damn sure. <laughs> oh yeah. This is. Oh cor- yeah. This is thoroughly Cormanized. Oh yeah. Especially that one scene. <laughs> and you know what I'm talking about. <laughs> they probably just made that like after the fact. He was like, Nah, not enough boobage in this. Yeah, we need like a we need some more action here. So yes. Uh, all right. And what is the movie that we're talking about? Of Pray course. Tell. Firecracker. Firecracker from 1981. Filmed in glorious Filipino vision. Yes, in Filipino <laughs> vision. In the Philippines, now, in Filipino vision. When I was growing up, it was PH. Did it officially change to F, or did I miss something? What, Firecracker? No, Philippines. <laughs> firecracker. No, no. <laughs> That'd be funny if Firecracker started <laughs> PH. P-H-I-R. Firecracker? For those fancy people, they're PH. They're firecrackers. Don't pass me those firecrackers. I'd like my firecracker, please. Just pass me the Grey Poupon. Yeah, why not? Anyway, no, it's Filipinos with an F, but the country is the Philippines with a PH. Okay. Whatever, man. I didn't make it up, but the I, people, the Filipinos, is with an F. Gotcha. Yeah. I have to tread lightly on this movie, otherwise King Don's going to come in like, Oh, yeah. You know, you've done a couple wrong things. By, you know, I, and I'll be like, I, ah, I, shit. And you know, this sorry, movie man. does have Arnis in it. The, uh, yeah. Oh, the, yeah. The, so King Don should watch this you movie. You see the Screamer Sticks come out. You know it's on. Oh, God, yeah. Which, when she's beating him up... She tags this dude like 18, 20 times with those sticks. I'm like, man, you get hit twice with those sticks. You're not getting up too quick. And if you do, you're going to stumble around quite a bit. Yeah, like, but that was Darby Hinton with the porno stash. And you dude, can't. He was it rocking takes, the porno <laughs> stash, man. <laughs> he and, him, and, him and Magnum, they were like rocking the, the stash, man. <laughs> they saw John Holmes and they were like, I want to be John Holmes. And then they just. No, cause, yeah, because she, she wails on him with these freaking screaming sticks in his. In this kumite to the death, those and I'm two, like, those two, and and the coach from the Dolphins in the '80s, Dave Wanstatt, <laughs> kings of the stash, <laughs> and Harry Reams. Dave uh, Wanstatt was he's rocking a stash, man. He, he is the stash. He, yeah, man. he is. It's he's still true. around too. You know, I just watched like an old Dolphin games on the NFL Network, and he's there on the sidelines, rocking the stash. I thought I thought he got a bad deal. I liked him. Uh, he was he was okay. He just didn't. He was more defense coach than an offense. So he's also he had not Marino, a, yeah, but he's also not. No, he didn't have Marino. It was after Marino. Yeah, and then because then he went on to be the Bears for a couple of years. Uh, yeah, I didn't. He and didn't they ran him out. Yeah, they ran. They, uh, the Chicago <coughs> runs all their coaches out. Yeah, they're terrible. I mean, you know, they just got a new one. They won ten games last year. 
Nah, they're there done. There you go. He's, he'll get fired. He, they're done. Mark Trustman. Anyway, <laughs> slow NFL a go go. Brought to you by uh, the lawsuit where the yeah. NFL makes us stop talking about them. Yeah. Uh-huh. All right, we're talking about Firecracker, and right off the bat, you see like you know the titles come up, and they light one of those long chains of firecrackers. And you know you're in for a good movie. <laughs> yeah. Right there. There's nothing subliminal. This is like super liminal. Like instead of yeah. subliminal, where they're doing things subtly, yeah. uh, Corman pretty much wraps uh, wraps his movie around a bat and hits you in the head with it. As well as should. Yeah, sure. Why not? All right. So what? What is this? What are we talking about here? This is some Ty- kind of martial typical arts. Typical revenge. It's a martial arts movie. I don't think Corman did a lot of martial arts stuff, did he? Uh, not really. Those were made. Those were best left to the. Uh, yeah, chop suey. Yeah, out of, out of yes. China and stuff. Philippines did a few though. Philippines did a Asian few. Asian country, they would do a few. Korea has been churning out some some of that newer, like video look ones. Yeah, I've yeah. seen a couple. Princess, I liked Princess Blade. That was a good yeah. one. But mostly they're just all, you know, it's it's a lot of the same. This is almost kind of like American <clears throat> take on pinky violence, yeah, kind of. Yeah, like a little, but they do it wrong and badly. <laughs> As well we should. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because pinky violence is a beautiful, wonderful thing that should just be left to the Japanese. Except uh, for that pinky violence nun movie. Oh, gross. Anyway... Big nuns with nude nude nuns. No, no, no. Nuns? This one from the seventies, my friend. That was reviewed. actually funny. N- was it good? Nude, nude, big nude nuns with big guns. I actually enjoyed that movie. <laughs> it was it was one that I was like, here we go. And I was watching. I was like, wait a minute, I'm enjoying this. It was, so this a, it was actually funny. Yeah, it was good. I liked it a yeah. lot. You should watch it. You might not like it. I I don't even like the new the nun thing. Yeah. But like I don't like it at all. But I was like, ah, I'm gonna watch this one. It was yeah. stupid. I enjoyed it. It was okay, good. Was it trauma? No, uh-uh. that was okay. a, it. Was actually a real company. The wow, um, a real company. <laughs> yeah, it was a real company. So basically, this is one of those kung fu movies. It's basically a revenge flick. Woman goes to Phil- the Philippines because her her sister her sister who is a reporter stumbled upon something important and then ends up dead. You don't know she's dead, but we all know she's dead. And then um, and then there's like evil McEvilstein who's running this kumite and he's the drug dealing white guy in that, charge that would of be, stuff. That would be Ken Metcalf who uh, was an American actor who did most of his movies in the Philippines if yeah. not all. Yeah. Oh, there you go. <laughs> he did a lot of stuff there. And I, There was no reason for this really even to be filmed in the Philippines other than no no movie budget. Well it was cheap. That's like, No that's what I mean. Like, no unions. Like, no unions. None of that crap. Um they made a lot of movies in the Philippines. Oh yeah, in yeah, the they 70s did. Seventies and eighties. But but I but I mean it wasn't like they weren't showcasing the Philippines. This was just no, this was no. just there. You know, you could tell it wasn't in America, but they didn't say. Meanwhile, in the Philippines, yeah, no, you know, no, no, like no, they no. kind of. Yeah, I agree. I agree. But the only time you got to experience the culture was this is one of those movies that that hacks in a lot of B-roll for no reason, a lot of like like it's almost like not found footage like. It's almost like they had a whole bunch of stuff laying around the cutting room floor, and they were like, "Well, just just put that in there, and then just just put this, like the guy sitting there in that flute procession for no reason, and then there's oh yeah, padding, like, is yeah, like thing. padding, but it's it's I very. Mean, this thing's only like seventy eight minutes, so yeah, and, and and it's about eight minutes of story. Uh, I, I got like there's some story, yeah, there's, you know. there's a there's a story. All right, so go ahead. What do you, I mean, let's let's rattle off. Basically, we'll just kind of go over our notes. Yeah, kind we're of just gonna go over our notes and say, I mean, it, basically, she, uh, Jillian Kessner, who's the who's the actress who did a few yeah. movies. Actually, I read about her. She was actually Fonzie's girlfriend in the early yes. Happy Days episode. Yeah, yeah. And when they when they said that, I recognized her kind yep. of. That's I did the same thing because I was like, who is this? Because you can tell this is the one other thing. She's she's attractive. Yes. She's not like, oh my God, I can't focus on anything attractive. You know, she's pretty, but not like, oh my God, like Farrah Fawcett or whatever. Like, yeah. uh, not, not Farrah Fawcett, but I don't even know how to say it. Like, she's not distractingly beautiful. She's just pretty. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You could tell she, I don't know what martial arts she did have. She, I, I read about her. She wasn't. She didn't have shit from. She studied it, but I don't think she was. Right. Like, you can, she's one of those that you can tell. She's got the moves. Could do a little bit of moves, but they didn't. They didn't flow. It wasn't like natural. She <laughs> like, like a, a real martial artist. Like they whip around. Like if you watch Cheng Pei Pei. Yeah. Okay, yeah. she was a martial artist. You know, she'll kick in the face, and she's doing this stuff where you can tell. Where this one, she's kind of like, uh huh. 
Uh, should I kick now? No, kick. No. Oh, should I stick? Uh, yeah, okay, you know. Not only that, there was a couple of scenes in it. You could tell it's a stunt man. You yeah. shot from behind doing the flips and all <laughs> yeah, that stuff. Exactly. It wasn't her. You're I'm like, wow, damn sure. her hip size is going in and out. That's yeah. a, that fluctuating hip size. Well, it's, it's that kind of martial arts uh, yeah. that, that does that. <laughs> yes, they call it the widening hip. Yeah, the widening hip move, yeah. I see your widening hip is as good as mine. <laughs> yeah. Let's fight. Ah, yeah. All right, anyway. so... Uh, so yeah, she goes to the Philippines in search of her sister, and of course, in the first scene when she like shows up at the hotel, you know, two guys are waiting in the lobby to rob her, and of yeah. course we get the obligatory kung fu fight in in her panties. So of course right. you're in, you know right there you're in for a she good. She comes movie. out of the shower. Who are you? Yeah, yeah, you know, and starts kicking these two dudes around, and yeah, and they're. <laughs> Yeah, their fight or flight sensories are are off balance. They they stay around and get their asses handed to them a lot longer than I think most thugs would. Yeah, yeah. You know, pretty much you get whipped around or th- punched and then thrown into a table. Most You're thugs done. are just going to take off. They're not going to yeah. stand up and say, "I'm going to hit you again." Yeah, no, yeah, yeah. you know. Yeah, well, it was a, it was a it was a good-looking girl in her underwear, so maybe they thought, yeah. "Hey, you know, maybe we'll get lucky and yeah. take a few hits." Get lucky, you know, anything could happen. One thing I was wondering, I was like, man, if you check into a hotel and then, like, you know, some dudes do that and you, like, you smash a whole bunch of stuff up, do you, like, call down to the head off and say, I need a new room, there's there's broken thugs and tables around. I mean, just just put me in a better room. Yeah, can you give me the penthouse? You get a or free upgrade, maybe. Yeah, I, I would hope so. I, I want some, my room. Need some clean towels. I demand my room to be de-thugged before I lay it. Oh uh, yeah, I, take I, a I, shower would, I would expect that at least. Yeah, I ask for that usually. <clears throat> um, yeah. All right, so go ahead. Um, yeah. So the next thing she does is she goes to some local bar, asking about her sister. Of course, you know, just go straight to the bar. Yeah, of course. With with that one with that one big old dude. And Enter who, this version of uh, who's the guy from the Bloodsport the played animal like was it bolo no 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 not bolo the the, the american with the harley davidson oh, i can't remember him man he played booger and uh no no not booger who did he played that one guy in the range of the nerds uh oh it. yeah i don't know his name but i, know I don't know talking his name. About animal just, or yeah something he's just like, like the big biker dude yeah yeah, yeah, you know, yeah yeah that's this movie's version and i was like well, i wonder if he was like an ex-football player or something <laughs> probably yeah he's a big dude but just whatever yeah so of course she goes to the bar looking for her sister, and then, and then within seconds the obligatory fight happens. Uh-huh. Of course, so we need we need to keep this movie moving because you know the storyline yeah. doesn't really doesn't really do much of anything. So we need another fight. So right there we get another yeah. fight. Right when they walked into that bar, I, maybe King Don will know this. That's something I even had this in my notes. I was like, ask on air King Don. They're playing a pool game. It looks like a pool table, but it there's shuffle tiles. Did you see this? Uh, they were hitting discs on a shuffle table with pool sticks. And oh, I, it's, it's a combination of pool and knock hockey, I think. I guess. I, I never. Don't I, I don't know I what don't it know. was, but it was. They didn't show it directly, but I saw it in the side. And I and then I saw it during the fight scene, and I, and I want. I wonder what that is. I wonder if that's an actual thing, or if it was one of those odd things where. It didn't ever take off, but for some reason it was in this movie. You know, that yeah. happens too sometimes. I so. don't know. All right. Maybe know. maybe King Don can answer that question for us. Oh, he should. All right, what else? What, what, so what else? Now, now uh, they so fight. We get, and so we get a big fight going on, and after that's, you know, we get, you know, it's Suzanne, Jillian Kessner gets to beat up more guys, and everybody gets in on the action. And then... uh the the cuts the, to this Kumite thing. Or, well, well, or, well, well, no, it's no, 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 the, the, the guy... um. She asks him about her sister, and, and, and the guy says, yeah, she was staying in a hotel room, and he finds her camera. Right, right. And then they they develop the film, and they see a picture of the guy, you know, Porn stash, bro. Chuck, yeah. Darby Hinton, who was a child actor in Daniel Boone, and he was also in Angel's Brigade as the guy who gets beat up in the beginning of it. Huh. Yeah, he also did a lot of those Andy Sedaris movies, too, but yeah, Darby Hinton is his name. Anyway, they find him, and so then she goes out to... Uh, to find him, and then she yeah. goes to that kung fu, that fight bar or club yeah, or whatever. I was like, what is the original this? fight club? Actually, yeah. <laughs> it was an actual fight club, and yeah. it, I like how there wasn't even a ring. There was just like this studio. It was like if you went to an elementary school, and then like up there where the band practiced, you know, behind the big curtain. Yeah, that's yeah, where yeah. they were like fighting on stage. And I'm thinking, who? What's the demographic for this? Like, who? Who? Who's going to this club? You know, you're like, oh. 
what do you do now? Let's watch some guy kill somebody. Well, you know, I mean, the yeah. the, the cockfights were for the commoners, and I guess this was for the people with a few bucks. Upper class. Wow. Yeah, the upper middle class, I, <laughs> I guess something like that. I don't, I don't think know. there's that many classes in the Philippines. Like, yeah, I think this is upper and lower, <laughs> so it's got to be the upper. <laughs> just like like forward or reverse. Yeah, they're, yeah. They're just, just two, just yeah, two. right about that. I'm totally yeah. wrong. I could be totally wrong. You never know. <laughs> so she meets Chuck. Yes. Stash. Stash, in there, bro. And, uh... She basically says, hey, you know, I kind of want to get in on this action. I want to fight. And yeah. he's like, oh, scoffs. What? Yeah, what? You're a, <laughs> a woman? A woman fighting? <laughs> Go make me a sandwich. That's what he says. Yeah. He <laughs> says, exactly, you know. <laughs> so she actually gets... Shouldn't you be in the kitchen? Go make me a sandwich and iron my karate gi. That's what he says. So, uh... <laughs> <laughs> so she actually gets up there and, and, and fights and beats a guy and wins like 500 bucks or something like that. Um, <laughs> hey, wait, wait. Oh, someone's at the door. I've just been served a subpoena from porn stash guy saying, I never said that. You're, I'm suing you. All right, so go ahead. <laughs> so, so after that, uh, after the fight and all that, she goes with porn stash out to dinner. And um, love ensues. Love is in the air. Yeah, you know, love is in the air. They're setting up the romance thing and all yeah. that. And then I guess after that, the, they go. Her and uh, one of the local guys go to the mountains to the to the Arnis Master, which yeah. is uh, Bruno Punzal, another uh, guy who's in all these Filipino uh, movies. Yeah, and so then, she, uh, she's like lear- like honing her skill or something. I don't know. Yeah, she's trying to learn all the martial arts. I think that was a something that she needed to complete all her uh, training. Sure, or why something. not? At Stick fighting. Hey, that's Don's thing. Don't don't you know? Yeah, and while and while we're, I did that too in our dojo you for did? a while. You did stick oh yeah, fighting? yeah, Screamer. Oh, okay. Yeah, I did a lot of that, and but I I gravitated toward, I gravitated towards the sword. Um, they actually did. <laughs> yeah. They actually did a lot of um. The other the other thing that I worked. I practiced my whole life was nunchuck. Now, oh, that hurts. And that they they showed a lot of weapons in this movie, believe it. like a lot a lot of weapons use almost in like kata style. Like one dude would sit there, and then then the the each guy would go up and use a weapon to like. This movie had a lot of the like the higher end people, like killing somebody, disarming them when they had weapons, you know. Okay. Uh, it's very interesting to me that they showed that. Like the 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 winner would never had a weapon. Right. Porn stash never did. That dude that looked like he was Japanese. <laughs> no. Uh, he never did either. But he would choke people out. He used the same choke out move all the time to yeah. break an arm, arm bar, and then break. But um, it was just curious to me. It, while she's at this training thing, we start seeing porn stash starts robbing. The drug dealer, like yeah, yeah, because that's what the whole basis of this is. It's drug. like a double it's a, cross. It's a drug, a drug thing. Yeah. It's always the drugs, like. Well, before that, she goes back and starts following him. Of course, she gets into another obligatory fight scene. <laughs> yeah, just another one that we need, just because there was too much talking in the last five minutes. We need some <laughs> fighting. And when he says obligatory, they couldn't be more like random. Like there's not even anything that leads up to it. They're just like, a car will turn sideways and they'll just jump up and. And and start fighting, you know, and, and you're like, what? What is this? Is this okay, fighting, I guess. Go, <laughs> go, team. Fighting, you know, get, yeah. Go, go fighting, yay. <laughs> so <laughs> that's yeah. So anyway, yeah. There's some kind of a there's kind of like a, some double dealing thing. So when uh when when Grip, I think is his name, is Vic Diaz, another Filipino actor, famous, has been in a ton of movies. Looks a little bit like uh, Peter Lorre. He's he's doing a drug deal for the big boss. Uh, porn stash Chuck uh-huh. just uh, ambushes him and kills him and you know screws it all up or whatever, and then um, you know I uh, it's kind of it's kind of weird you know I mean it's 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 kind of like a afterwards this this plot line yeah you, we we find out why but it just why is it's why a, I ask why <laughs> yeah these um the plot is very loose. Other than that part where, like, why she's there, which is well written and all that stuff, the rest of it's just kind of like a hodgepodge almost. Like, yeah, oh, yeah. the girl that's with this guy is actually an undercover agent who's been living with this the the king white guy, who's the drug dealing kingpin who owns the Kumite place and all this. And, and you're like, okay, I guess. And then, then there's this other guy who looks and fights just like Bruce Lee, who is the partner of the girl. Did yeah. you notice that he he fights cheek? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He, he fights totally cheek kundo style, you know. And you're like, okay, so there's Bruce Lee, and then and then there's like the bad guy league 
who just is like one guy has the uh, what's that like the shri- the, the Shriner fez? hat yeah the fez the one fez guy has the fez and and one guy looks like you know Russian or whatever you're like okay what you the UN of Coke dealers lives in the Philippines you know or what I'm like okay so very uh, odd very like a lot of odd stuff starts happening in this movie so, like midpoint yeah 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 so Suzanne gets captured again I think she was following the uh, porn stash yeah. or something. And then she gets she gets caught by the, the by snake grip. of truth. Yeah, the snake. Yeah, uh, gets the, they, they, she gets into the snake fight or whatever because she's not answering. She's kind of being honest about everything, and he's not believing her. So he throws a cobra on her or yeah, whatever. This what is a the, dick! No, this is the Filipino snake. It's the most poisonous snake in the world. Some blah blah blah. You're like, okay, just just open the glass case. So this is when she does that triple flip that from like the ground all the way like you know two stories up. <laughs> Grabs the snake, goes to the top and, rope, and throws it on Victor. Yeah, as he just, runs, just, just. as he runs screaming like a little girl. <laughs> but you know, if they did that to me, I would too. So yeah. I can't fault them. Live for that. by the poisonous snake, die by the poisonous snake. They always say. <laughs> Nobody ever said that in the world, but I'll say it. <laughs> yeah, and then then they go to that part where the the porn stash guy is like, um, he's sitting there in that flute ceremony. Yeah, yeah. And yeah, that's yeah. where I was like, every time I hear that flute, I think of the opening scene in. Um, the master of the flying guillotine where that guy with all the tattooing down his two shins yeah right kind of right. he becomes the henchman for the bad guys in that movie but he does that thing where he's like kind of dancing in the air yeah with, yeah, with yeah the, right. and that flute because the flute sounds exactly the same and i'm like oh that's that guy man i wish that guy was in this movie he isn't in the movie but i wish he was yeah, because then after she beats all these guys up, I think she ends up going with Stash again, and they end yeah. up they end up going to the the compound of the the drug dealer guy, and she has like a she has another fight I think with him, right? Yeah, she, she has a fight with him, like yeah. a, a mock fight to prove her abilities. And, right, right, right. And she does okay, I guess. She she, she takes out the, uh, the 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 guy who looks like he's Japanese. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and she right. takes him out with, with an armbar because he's, he's like, oh, you won't last, blah, blah, blah. He's like, yeah, oh. I mean, I mean, Chuck looked like he knew some moves. I mean, they looked like they had a familiarity with. Oh yeah, the, he felt he looked very fluid. Yeah. Uh, the uh, the porn stash guy. Yeah, yeah, Chuck. Darn Chuck. Him, yeah. yeah, yeah. He looked so, like he he looked like he had some moves or whatever. And then and then as after that's over. Uh, <laughs> Is my favorite scene. This, this is the scene that makes the movie. It's this the, is the scene that makes the movie that Roger Corman obviously <laughs> added because of lack of breast. It's the reason you watch this movie. It's the main. Yes, it's it's the money scene, as yes. they say. It's not. It's not as good as Sex and Fury, which no. is the greatest scene in the history of the world. No, but it's pretty damn good. It's pretty actually. good. Yeah, it's not bad. <laughs> it's like obviously this scene was shot with Americans because there's no Filipinos in this, and she's just. Walking home and in her high heels, la di da. In her nice dress and yeah. like two dudes, American dudes, start going hey, after hey, her. Hey, honey, what are you doing now? And rapey McRapenstein. Yeah. Runs after him. And, and, and of course, another fun one of my favorite parts about this was the crappy B fifty two sounding music. Oh yeah, like it was like Devo and B fifty twos had a had a baby. Yeah. And and, and it, it was a real ugly baby. Yeah, it was too. an ugly baby. It was on the special bus. It was on the special and, and, bus. And that's yeah. who that's who did this one. You're yeah, like, wow. Yeah. So we get we get treated to that background music, but we do get to treat treated to her running away from her, the two assailants, and as she's running, uh her clothing seems to just, just like just take rip off. off. Yeah, it's just ripping off. And then I thought she I thought we were gonna get full nude and I was like, Yeah, here we go. But it was just uh, just panties and and boobs flying around. And the boobs, but they are perky. She's pretty. She uh, was she's pretty, not an yeah. ugly woman. And, yeah. Uh, <laughs> so she dispatches these two guys. One with a saw, a table saw. Yeah. And, and then and then yeah, the other funny the other guy cuts her top off with one of those scissors or scythes or whatever. Yeah. 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 Like, yeah. So it was like okay, but she but she takes care of both of them. Yep. Yeah, and you're like wow, okay. And and then after that, it's just like you know, uh, more shenanigans happen or whatever. Well, then that, that's when they they do another one of those another rob- drug deal, drug, with the drug robbery, and then they show her her body. Like finally, the sister is revealed that she's dead. Yes, yes. And then she's all crying, and she goes to the porn stash guy, who's flipping around these knives. You know, weird thing about these knives. I saw them in Cold Steel. Like that that exact knife style. Okay. And I'm like, those are odd knives. Who would use those? And then finally, I saw them on screen. I was like, huh, they're those knives. So, because they're just like they look like pocket knives yeah, with these yeah, like yeah. rounded handles. And and then he cuts her clothing off and like in a very and during their sex scene. Yeah. yeah. During their sex scene, not a good sex scene. And not you know, really. You just see a lot of knives cutting clothing, which is odd. 
like rapey odd, but it wasn't a rape. It was just it was very strange. And then she slugs him across the face. <laughs> yeah, and then yeah. Oh, do it right before that though. What was with that stupid black cat? Oh, that like, was just like a, that was just whatever. Bad luck's gonna happen or I something guess, like that. But, like that was a literally like a WTF moment because she's sitting there crying and then this cat breaks like three mirrors and then they focus in and it's this black cat going, <laughs> and then it just runs off and then they go have sex and I'm like. Well, that was random and odd. Why would I, why was that there? Yeah, and then and then after after the next day, um, she finds out that he's the guy who basically killed her yeah. sister because she finds oh. a bracelet in uh, in his um, yeah her, you know, her the, sister's bracelet. You know, the, the the Bruce Lee imitator guy comes yeah. in to get her and and she's like freaking out and then she finds so then that leads to the grand finale. Yeah. Oh, but one thing, I had we had to go back to this. there was. When she was fighting with her with her um, nude, not nude, but with her yeah. just with her panties, did you see that in the background? There was boxes, and this was an actual product. It was called Rackmaster, and she's fighting with her boobs hanging out. And I was like, Rackmaster, yeah, that's awesome, the boxes dude. said Rackmaster. I was like, huh, that's that's super liminal. That's, yeah, that, that's that's okay, you know. Yeah, we, we we cut to the chase at the end, yeah. but yeah, you know. So then, but because there's there's a grand finale where the cops right. broke in and get the bad guys, well, and, and the, she has a duel to the death. And the cops Chuck. are like fighting with guns, and yeah, and that yeah. Bruce Lee's jumping around, and they're dispatching these bad heroes, and you're like, what the hell am I looking at here? You know what I mean? Like, and and, and during that fi- last fight scene, Chuck was being very nice to her, kind of. Until he, yeah, he, yeah, he's he like, was just he's like, like, hey, what, listen, he's you like, know. what are you doing? And he's just like, you just, killed my sister, and he's yeah, like, settle down, bro. Yeah, you know, but she wasn't having it, man. No, she. she then she, he started smacking her around too. And then you know, you have to watch the movie to find out what happened. We're not gonna spoil it. We're not gonna spoil it this time. All right, look, this that's e- the, even even though I thought he might have been blind. That that's the <laughs> blinded by her boobs. No, that was the scene where she's beating him up with those screaming sticks, and she tags him like. Like I think eight or ten times without him doing anything, and I'm like, you're not getting up after that. Yeah. If you could, if but he's uh, Chuck. Porn I mean, stash. I guess, but if you get cracked across the head and then cracked across the shin and stuff, you're kind of laying there. Like it's the same as a baseball bat. Those are the yeah. speed of those is so fast. I don't know. It just is. I was like, eh, okay, well. Well, firecracker. There yes. you go. Firecracker. Well, the find movie. it. Watch it. I think it's coming. <laughs> Love it, live it. It's it's gonna be a new Criterion Collection Blu-ray. I I I would buy it. I I would buy it. Okay, so what are you gonna give this one? Oh, this movie gets like uh, for me because I am Doctor Morbius from Parts Unknown. Yeah, I'm gonna give it like a seven because I enjoyed the hell out of it. Seven. All right, I'm gonna go with six on this one. Good. If there would have been more boobage, and, and they tried and less um less weird like like just random footage of things that don't matter. I, it it would have got more, but it was one of those where you're kind of like, all right, well, whatever. So, yeah, it was fun. Good, fun movie. Check it out. Yeah, check it out. Next week we'll do something, but we don't know yet. So, all right. Thank you, as always, for listening. Dr. Morbius. From Parts Unknown and Mal, we're saying we'll see you when we see you. <laughs>